one. Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Dino Kubom. I have with me a very special returning guest today, Michael R. Futcher. Mike, how are you doing today? I am good. How you doing, man? Oh, excellent, excellent. Anytime I can talk to any guys from Wizards, Warriors, and Words, I feel pretty good. I've been trying to connect with Jed for a while, but, you know, that pesky Australian time, it's <laughs> kind of so hard busy this time. Too. He's, yeah. yeah, he's really busy, yeah. Like every time it seems like he's not busy, then I'm slammed. So it just kind of keeps going. But yeah, but anytime uh, it's so funny because I was just talking to several authors um, that I've interviewed in the last couple of weeks. And they're like, what's your favorite podcast? I was like, well, it's on pause. But I was like, there's plenty of episodes. I was like, just go. And we were actually I was talking to um, this one author, Ryan, uh, and we were talking about your guys's um, I think it was a double interview with Brian Stavely. And I keep going back to that one because of a particular book I'm writing. I was like, yeah, it's a gold mine. I was like, just just go. And a couple people messaged me. Back. <laughs> they were like, yeah, I'm on like season two or I don't even know. They're like 60 episodes in within like two weeks. So I was like, that's pretty good. I was like, I know they weren't like super long, but I was like, that's still pretty good. So yeah. especially with writing and stuff. But. Yeah, that, that podcast was a blast to do. Uh, oh. I, you know, I think if anything, we were accidentally useful rather than sort of intentionally like Jed was always like oh this is a writing advice podcast and I was always like no it's not this is just like four idiots babbling and like it maybe we sort of accidentally say something useful in there like gold yeah yeah well I think um because like somebody had asked me about it they're like oh what do you think I was like I remember the first time I listened to you guys and I was actually on my way to Michigan to see my family with my wife and I put you guys on and I think it was like the first three episodes. She was just like, what are we listening to? And I was like, magic. This is magic. <laughs> I think I busted through. I was like, I think it was like, yes, I had 10 episodes out. And I was just like waiting for the next one. Then I always had to wait. So I tried to wait every, you know, to try and collect them. But I just couldn't. It was like my favorite thing to do on Monday morning was like listen on the way to work. I had like an hour drive there and back. So it was really nice. But yeah, but I've um, I was talking to a couple of people about those. Um, and I felt like it was super helpful though. Um, which is why I'm excited to go on, you know, to, um, SSF addicts, um, with Adrian and MJ and Andy Pelicoin really soon. Cause I just think that, you know, two people's great, like, don't get me wrong, but I'm really excited. I got some seminars coming up and stuff. So I'll be, you know, throwing some emails to you guys, stuff like that. Be like, Hey, who's interested in this? Um, that kind of thing. Um, I think there, are, I'll talk to you about it later, but I think there's one that you'd be really interested in. That's basically kind of like, how do you, what kind of, you know, things have you gotten from your DMing or, you know, like your gamification of things and then, you know, come into writing. I had a couple of people send me some pretty cool questions just in general about that. Cause I was talking to a couple other people about that. I actually was telling them about going to listen to, you know, especially what you were talking about on your guys' podcast. Cause I always liked, we were talking about like the magic system and stuff like that. So I was like, I think this is helpful. Um, so I had a couple of people talk to me about that, which was pretty cool, but they're like, yeah, these are really cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, be ready, because I was like, you're, I, uh, you know, gonna be um, crying or upset or angry at some point at Mike because of what he wrote at some point. So, and then <laughs> had somebody get back to me. They're like, man, you weren't kidding. I'm like, yeah. So I thought I had to prep them a little bit. But yeah, it was really cool though because I was listening to Adrian's first episode. Um, oh, oh my God, and now I'm blanking. Um, oh, with his buddy. Um, who wrote Kings of the Wild? Having a day. Oh, uh, God, son of wow. I don't know why I'm blanking. They just listened yeah, to that episode. Too. Um, but yeah, but he was like, it was so funny because I'm driving and he uh he started talking about Beyond Redemption. It's like, yeah, the Michael R. Fletcher guy. <laughs> I just started busting out laughing. Uh, but I just thought it was so funny. But yeah, but they were talking, you know, about Beyond Redemption. So I thought that was really cool. So um, that's definitely one my buddy and I are doing for book club. So I was I was talking about I, I actually sent him your clip at one point where you were like doing your pitch for it. And he was like, loves Pokemon. And he goes, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. And then I sent him the game that you guys did with the bad reviews. <laughs> the one that was just like so crazy that it kind of didn't make any sense to me. Um, and you were like, that's mine. I wrote that book. So I sent him that and he was like so confused. But he's like really excited for that. But um but yeah uh i feel like you've had so much go on since our last interview it was like october 21st of 2021 so let's talk about that a little bit i actually just to help you and myself because you've had so much go on i actually pulled up goodreads so i believe now correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you had she dreams in blood obsidian path number two 
Um, and then obviously um, an end of sorrow, obsidian path number three. Um, and then sin and sorrow, right? Number three, a city of sacrifice. Um, I think since then, also like Nurisco groans, uh, you and Clayton. And I know I'm probably missing like two more books in there, but I think uh, that's what you've yeah, had since then. The last uh, Manifest Delusions novel that's right. that came out. Yep. Um, I think that's it. And then I've got a book dropping April. Um, and my agent is currently reading a middle grade fantasy I did with my daughter. Uh, oh, I so forgot about we'll, that. We'll see what happens with that. If he likes yeah. it, he'll shop it. If he doesn't like it, uh, I, I guess I'll self-publish it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Do you mind if we talk about that for a minute? Because I totally forgot yeah, sure. about that. Um, so I'm just curious, like, how did that come about? Like, you and your daughter, you know, were just kind of talking about ideas or just yeah, telling so stories back and she's, forth. Like... She's a huge uh, Wings of Fire fan. Oh um, yeah, and you know, she is. She's obviously aware that you know I write books, and so for years uh, she has been saying, like, you know, you write a book that I can read. Because like the stuff I write isn't, you know, when she first started saying this, she was like, what, eight, eight or nine years old. And I'm, I'm not, that's not my sort of target market. Yeah. Um, and so finally, I think last year, uh, or actually, no, it was early 2023. Uh, I finally said, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to write a, a middle grade fantasy book. And we sort of, uh, we built a, built the world sort of a, you know, with the two of us, we came up with the characters and stuff. She did a pile of uh, concept sketches for it. Yeah, they looked awesome. Which are in the book. Um, and, uh, you know, got it finished, got it polished a bit and sent it off to the agent. Um, we'll see what happens. It's very different for me. Um, you know, obviously uh, a lot less, you know, cursing uh less sort of gratuitous gore and violence and you know that kind of stuff a lot uh, less violent yeah it was it was a lot of fun to write though um because you know for that age group i i just went okay just let everything go and embrace uh the creative side yeah. you know don't worry so much about plot and you know that crap just like make something really cool that these kids haven't seen before and that yeah. was sort of the uh, the goal so we'll see if i actually achieve that or not who knows yeah yeah that's that no that, that just sounds awesome i i had just talked to another author about that and they were um because i guess now it was a while ago yeah it must have been like months ago now it feels like yesterday with my kid um but yeah i just him and i were talking about it. he goes yeah mike's doing that with his daughter he goes that just like sounds really cool and i'm like yeah and it's kind of cool because you get like half your audience there you know it's like helping you Right. So I don't know. From a creative side, I was like, God, that just sounds really cool. So now I'm like yeah. shoving, you know, trying to shove fantasy books into my 12 month old, you know, son's hands <laughs> just to uh, go the Michael R. Fletcher route. Um, but yeah, that just sounds awesome. Um, but you talked a little bit about, you know, how it was different. Um, I was just curious, like, what do you think like the hardest thing was for you, like in terms of doing that? Was it maybe like not plotting or, you know, maybe characters were different or? Um you know what? It was actually really easy to write. Um, and some books are different. Some books are harder, require more thought and effort. Um, uh, this one kind of fell out of me in about two months. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, you know, and, and it was, I was writing it sort of at the same time as working on other projects. Yeah, so yeah. I'd work on this in the morning and then, you know, afternoon I'd switch over my other stuff. Um, the tricky part, and so Charlotte is my daughter. Uh, she said, don't write down to people. Don't write down to kids. She's like, we understand what's going on. Um, she's like, don't simplify it too much. Don't write down. Don't be preachy. Uh, you know, so at the same time, I want, I want to say something. There, it's not just a story strictly for, uh, you know, entertainment, although hopefully yeah. it's that, and that is sort of the important thing. Um, but I, you know, it's an, also an opportunity to sort of, uh, mess with young minds, which I don't usually get. I mean, you know, aside from my own kid, yeah. uh, so really it's a, a chance to sort of like, uh, you know, poke at some of the stuff these kids are growing up with and, um, not tell them anything. I'm not educating, but, but it's more a question of well, questions. You know, the characters learn that some of what they'd taken for granted, you know, some of the stuff they'd been told from, you know, by their parents was wrong. Uh, and so it's, it's sort of a, a lot about, you know, learning to, uh, to question the, uh, 
you know, your childhood programming kind of crap, which most oh, of wow. us don't really deal with until, you know, much later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just find it interesting, you know, that your daughter, you know, said those kind of comments to you. I, I have definitely found, like, I'm a teacher, so I mess with young minds all the time, and I'm always trying to get them to question, you know, and I've literally had parents get upset with me because, you know, their kid will ask me a question, you know, like, I, I would say, like, you know, like, I had an eighth grader ask me a question and about, like, you know, oh, Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> and I told them the truth, you know, and they got kind of upset with me about it, and I was like, well, I was like, your kid has the internet, you know, it's like, your kid can, you know, go, and then, you know, I have to have kids all the time that they go, and, you know, and, um, I just, I just always find it interesting when parents, I'm like, well, I always tell them, like, I'm not trying to have them question you, but just to question, you know, just things in general, you know, and um, right now I have, like, freshmen that it's really cool, like, they're questioning, like, uh, you know, I'm teaching them all about 10,000 BCE, and then all of a sudden, I told them to come back from break, I was like, yeah, I'm going to blow that whole theory up because of Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, and all of a sudden it rewrites human history with just one site, uh, so it's just kind of cool to see, you know, where you know, kids like your daughter are, I definitely feel like that was used to be like a freshman or, you know, a sophomore thing you know, back in the day. And now it's moved down. So I definitely agree with her. I think that, you know, kids are, they're not stupid. That's for sure. You know, and they definitely know more what's going on. So to me, it's just interesting to see that change in middle grade, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I think you still have to teach them something, you know, I think you do that in any book. So I think that makes total sense. But yeah, that's, that's just super cool. I'm jealous. Like I said, I'm, trying to wait, trying to get my kid to be an early reader. Maybe he'll be an early writer, you know, something like that. But yeah, yeah that sounds that, cool. I, You know, I, I never really put effort into that. I mean, I guess she grew up with books all over the house. Um, but I, like, it was something she did all on her own. It wasn't me pushing stuff. Um, and, you know, it started with the Wings of Fire graphic novels, lots of pictures, so she loved those. And then, you know, at some point, I guess I mentioned like, you know, there are novel versions of these and a lot more mm. detail and, you know, a lot mm. more sort of into the story. And then she had to have them. And then so she's plowed through all of those. And I tell you, as a, as a reading interventionist, when I was doing that, like I love the Wings of Fire graphic novel because they always give those or amulet to kids. Yeah. And especially like certain kids that are like, I don't want to read anything. And then they'd be like hooked. And then, yeah, it was like a nice like gateway. And I actually just talked to a teacher about this recently because they said that, uh, you know, comics and graphic novels isn't reading. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you just like ruin, you know, something for these kids. You know, I was like, that's how I got into a lot of things was, uh, you know, was comic books and stuff. And, you know, some kids are just more visual. So I was like, I think that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, but it's interesting because I was just talking to a buddy of mine about this where we were like, how cool would it be to do something like the Wings of Fire graphic novel for that age for middle grade, you know, and then get kids hooked on, you know, um, like your world or something like that. And then to have books on top of that. So him and I have been playing with that idea for a while. Um, I definitely find middle grade harder to, harder to write. Um, I think some people kind of take it for granted, like, oh, you can just write whatever. But as you, you know, your daughter said, like, that's not the case. And I actually think that's why a lot of middle grade people that I talk to, you know, find it so challenging because, you know, it is hard as an adult to kind of go backwards and you know, think of that Peter Pan type of mentality, but I think yeah, you're smart I, because, you know, you did it with your daughter. So, yeah. I, I, and I think I have a, I'm, I'm lucky maybe in that I'm uh, juvenile and immature anyway. It and does so help just yeah. a little bit easier because I'm yeah, yeah. not really sort of a, you know, entirely grown up myself. So yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I think that's, I, th I think it does help though. Like my wife says all the time, she's like, Oh, you love toys. You love, you know, these things. I'm like, yeah, like I play with my son. I'm like, I freaking love it. Like I had the submarine for like his birthday, you know, it's like a really cool toy. You pull it and, you know, he loves bath time. I was like, I love that kind of stuff, you know, and like we'll go places and, you know, she's like, you guys are always pretending. And like, yeah, I was like, real adult life sucks, you know, <laughs> no matter how good your life is, you know what I mean? You got to do taxes or just something stupid you don't want to do. I go to meetings like, you know, I love everybody I work with. Like, I don't want to go to a meeting. Like if I want to do that, I work in an office, you know, or people like I want to go help kids and have fun with kids. I think that's why I like working with kids so much, you know, is that I get to just do fun stuff and, you know, help them keep some of that part of their kid alive, you know, because I've had people that have helped me do that. And I think that's why I like books so much, you know, and just different media because I never really grew up, you know, but yeah. I think we have more fun personally than people that did. So but yeah, I just was curious, are, are you thinking, you know, if it does pretty well, you guys, you know, maybe, you know, is it a standalone or are you thinking about kind of expanding on that or? Uh, it's definitely not a standalone. The intent was it 
you know, for it to be part of a series. Oh, cool. um, be, because I've never done this before, like the middle grade stuff, I have zero idea if it will sell, how it will sell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it, what happens really depends on, uh, I guess, first, you know, whether the agent likes it and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. chop it. If it lands a publisher, then, you know, I could easily write three or 10 books in the series. Like it's sort of oh, a, cool. a big enough story that I can, I can, there's a lot to work with there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and if, uh, you know, if I end up self-publishing it, I, then we see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. My guess is self-published middle grade stuff's not going to sell that well, uh, just because of the, the audience and, you know, parents are mostly going to, they're going to look for the stuff their kids are talking about, you know, word yep. of mouth. and, you know, I'm just, I'm not in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so we'll see what happens, you know, if it does well, I'll write more and, you know, if three people buy it, then I'll go like, all right, cool. It was a fun project to do with my kid and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, I'll, I will move on. Oh, that's super cool. I just think that from the dad aspect, you know, like just, I was just talking to my wife about this, you know, there's some things that, you know, I just think would be cool to do. But like that, I just think from like a dad perspective, you know, just being like, just all the lessons that, you know, you're teaching your kid, you know, Charlotte through this, like, I just think that's really cool. So I think that even if you don't sell anything, you know, like, I'm sure you will, though, because I feel like people like myself will be like, oh, that sounds really interesting that Mike did that. And, you know, I do think that I personally, from a podcaster standpoint, I'm really interested, first of all, to see how, you know, that journey goes for you. I'm also really interested to see you know, how many people like myself are like, oh, Mike, Mike wrote it. I'm just going to go and buy it and read it. Um, And, you know, I just feel like you have a lot of really interesting ideas. So I'm actually really interested to see, you know, what you guys came up with, you know, especially in terms of middle grade. Um, I, think that, I don't know. I think maybe you surprise yourself. That's that's what I think. Of, uh, you know, I think you have some really cool things there. And I think you'll get more people than you think personally, Um, you know, coming over and like myself and trying it, but I hope it does well for you guys. I think that'd be really cool to, uh, um, yeah. oh, I would, I would love for that to be sort of an ongoing project with her. That'd yeah. be great. And I just have to say like, not to jinx you, but like, I've had like crazy things lately where people like a year ago were like, oh, this is just like a dumb idea. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just like, blows up so i hope that that's yeah, the case that's, for me. I, honestly, i'm trying to keep kinda, it going in 2024 so that's every book every book you know i, I before i start i'm looking at it i'm like the fuck am i thinking this is such a bad idea it's nobody's like, gonna read oh. this so, yeah it's like so he wakes up and digs his way out of his grave and then wanders the world finding pieces of his stone heart like fuck, that's dumb all right whatever fuck it it's the it's the story that won't leave me alone it's the idea that just yeah, yeah. keeps pastoring me and so you know, working on the on another one now, and it's you know, I was jokingly calling it a clash of grannies for the first <laughs> eighty thousand words because I didn't have a title, and you know, the two main characters are these sort of like uh, grandmothers. Uh, oh, but awesome. again, I'm like, this is why am I doing this? Oh, but, but it's the story that I love. It's this. It's the idea that wouldn't leave me alone. So that's the one I got to yeah. write. You know, I, I I've never been sort of able to write me like oh okay what's selling now it's cozy fantasy oh cool i'll write a cozy fantasy I'm like, eh, i'll give a fuck i just yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell a story that, that uh that's kind of bugging me yeah yeah i i mean i totally agree it's just funny because people keep talking about that and um i don't know i that's like i i some i had a author ask me recently because i got certain stuff that'll come out you know this year and stuff which i'm really excited for I'm like, oh, I, my wife said, you have a lot to do. I was like, looking at, I was like, yeah, I'd be fine. And then I looked, I was like, holy crap. I really do. I was like, I have to format, edit. And then I was like, I have to get all these things. I was like, but that's exciting to me. You know, it's not just, you know, talking about, it. I actually get to to do it. And I have a lot of stuff that I can prep this summer and next year for like 2025 for me is about to be like crazy. I have like probably five or six books that'll come out in 2025, um, probably at least. So I'm just like, I, try, I was holding stuff back to rapid release, but I don't know. There's a couple of those like things like my wife asked me because we were listening to somebody's podcast because she that's what I do because I drive. So she has to listen to the podcast with me. And she's like, oh, um, is that what you always do is like you just are you writing to market or are you, you know, and or are you just doing your thing? I was like, I just write the story that I want to read, you know, and I don't know. I was like talking to, about a couple authors like you, you know, particularly for India. I was like, I love indie because nobody really cares, you know, like you just write whatever. And I think that those are the stories that are the most interesting, especially the ones that don't leave you alone. Kelly McCullough, when I interviewed him, 
talked about his Fallen Blade series, which if you haven't read, is absolutely amazing. I think it'd be right up your alley, actually. Um, and they're quick, like like dark fantasy. Um, but yeah, he was like talking about like he did his Web Mage series, and then he was talking about that, and he's like, it just wouldn't leave me alone. And they wanted something, so he went back to his original idea that wouldn't leave him alone. And it's funny because he was one of the first people that I talked to about that. And now it's like every person I talk to with that type of idea, that's the one that sells the most. So to me, being the podcaster and trying to learn as a writer, I'm like, all right, I got several of these that won't leave me alone. They're really hard to write. But if I can, you know, get through it, um, you know, and do it well, like those are probably going to be the ones that people want to read. So I just think that that's really interesting. If you name it anything other than Clash of the Grannies or Clash of Grannies, I'm going to be really upset because to me, that just sounds awesome. Like if I was to pick that up, Somewhere I just saw it, I'd be like, paperback or Kindle, I would just be like, yep. Especially if your name's attached to it, I'd be like, yeah, I'm buying that and reading that. Yeah, so. no, Clash of Grannies was, it's, it's uh, I think working title now is Dust of the Dead. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Which, which which fits much better. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. That's really neat. Um, Well, now, now you got, now you got Granny stuck in my head. So now if you, if I write something about grannies i'm definitely definitely gonna blame michael r fletcher so that's fair um i definitely want to talk you know about some of the you know the trilogies and things you know that you've been finishing up and the series that you know that you've been extending um but in terms of like sin and sorrow um how did that feel finishing that particular like like trilogy just of the three so far i just was curious about that one because you started that a while ago i think that was the first one you know that was definitely the first book that I bought, um, I believe, of yours. Or it was actually it was Beyond Redemption. I bought Beyond Redemption. Um, and then actually I bought Smoke and Stone because I absolutely just love the cover. But I was just curious how it felt to kind of finish that one off in particular. Yeah, that that one was um I you know, I really liked that one. That it did not turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out, uh, because that was not a carefully plotted trilogy at all mm. um you know it was very much a like i had some ideas and then really i i was just trying to write the characters as sort of um you know honestly as i could um so you know i never really knew where it was going to go you know i had ideas uh i i was just totally wrong um i love the way it came together in the end um and i remember sitting back thinking like ah, people are either going to love this or going to fucking hate me. And I'm <laughs> like, but this is the way it ends. So, you know, fuck you. Yeah. 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 Um, it was, uh, the third book was hard to write. Uh, I had a bunch of false starts, uh, like two or three false starts where I get like 30,000 words into the book and then just, it wasn't, didn't feel right. Um, so I sort of shoved it on the back burner for a couple of years, wrote a pile of other books you know, finished uh, trilogies. Uh, and then uh, well, I guess 2022 sometime I started writing that one because mm. um, just pieces clicked. Uh, yeah. And I went back to one of my, you know, so-called false starts and read what I had and was like, oh shit, this is actually, this is fine. This is, this is totally going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, it was better than I thought, which probably means the very first false start was probably fine too, but I was... <laughs> Just in the wrong headspace for it at the time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's out there now. Or is it? Yes, yes, it is out there now. Yeah. Sorry, I'm having trouble keeping track of. You, yeah, like I said before, we got started. You, you had a lot come out. <laughs> so like every time I turn around, I see your name somewhere. I was like, oh, that's really cool. But yeah. Um, sorry, you just mentioned something that I just wanted to touch on, like where it's clicking. First of all, false starts. I have a. Uh, first fantasy book in my own like setting i've been working on for like oh my god i think i was 14 now i'm 36 <laughs> seems like i always say like for 14 or 15 years and then it just keeps going um but man i feel you on the false starts like i have rewritten that draft same thing like fifteen thousand words sometimes i go up to 35 and i think i'm on like my fourth false start and i just had to like set it aside and just be like, I'm going to come back later. But I, I tell you, when things click, man, they click. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things um, that I've taken away from you guys on your podcast was just like, you know, and I can't remember which one of you said if it was you or Rob or, you know, Dirk or Jed, but one of you was like, yeah, I just like go and write something else. And, you know, I never have writer's block. And I, I'm so glad I listen to your guys' podcast just for that. Because when I don't write, 
I don't write for like weeks or months, you know, but like if I just even like day by day go, you know, and I'll work on maybe two things at once now, but even if I'm inching, I'm inching, like I, you know, I have something. So, but now I feel like I'm getting things to click more, but I'm not forcing it as much. I'm one of the things I was working on. It's been like six months. And then all of a sudden the other day I was like, Oh, I don't know. I was just like doing something with my son and a thought crossed my mind. And all of a sudden all the pieces fell into place and I finished a like 45, all 45 chapters of the outline. And I actually really liked it. Um, and then I finished another one that I was working on for like three years. And then all of a sudden now the story, all, you know, all the pieces fit. So it's just yeah. funny that you mentioned those two things that I've just been thinking about personally. And I got some videos and stuff coming out on those, but that's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't, I don't outline much really. Um, so, you know, when I'm 30,000 words into a false start or whatever, it's like, I'm, you know, many chapters of actual like, yeah, yeah. um, at best, what, I, what I've been doing recently, which really seems to work. I, I love, I plot three chapters mm. and that's it. I'll, I'll plot the next three. I write them. Then I stop yeah. and go, okay, plot the next three, because I guess, because I, I, I want to be surprised, you know, the yeah. reader, if, if I'm not surprised, the reader probably won't be either. Uh, so I want to be surprised by how it ends. And also you write three chapters, you look at what's happened and now you go, okay, and now how are people going to react to yeah. what has happened? And you're not, you're no longer shoehorning character actions into a pre-planned plot. You're sort of, yeah, yeah. it's evolving as, as it goes. And if it takes a weird direction, you just roll with it. Yeah. yeah. That's really smart. I think I'm going to try to do that. I've been doing that with my Kindle Bella series and I, I find it helps because I, you know, I'm like, they do the three, you know, free or whatever. And I just wanted to tell a certain story. And I was like, well, I have to like tailor it to, you know, the, the medium, um, which actually helped me with the story, but that's helped me like, you know, in particular. Um, yeah. But I think I'm, I'm going to try that because I, I didn't think that of that for like an actual book. Um, so I think that that's really smart because sometimes I do get all the way, you know, and with particular things and I'm like, damn, I didn't want that to happen, you know? And then I feel like I just wasted all that time and, you know, effort to outline rather than write. So I'm going to start trying that because that's a really good exercise. That's yeah. Cool. I tried, tried doing like full book outlines and then usually by three or four chapters, I am so far from what I outlined. I'm like, well, that was a fucking waste of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I end up scrapping what I, you know, started with and just running with you know, following wherever the story sort of leads me. It gets more, yeah, yeah. you know, and no, I don't know. planning is boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, I, I like to know certain things, but like, I always know how the book's going to end, but like how people get there, you know, I know that when we're going on vacation, I know where I'm going, but I don't know, maybe I'll take a different route or maybe we go stop off here and step another way. And I feel like that's how I'd like to write too, because my, my old co-teacher, I got a new job. So, but my old friend, he was like, you always have a better idea the next day. Like we will plan for two weeks, you know, him and I would plan for two weeks for a lesson. And then all of a sudden I'd come in the next day and it'd be like the day of we're doing something. And I'm like, I have a better idea. And we have like 45 minutes to get it ready. And then I'll tell him, I'll be like, well, you decide. And I'd be like, damn it, that is a better idea. And then we'd be scrambling, you know, yeah. to fix it. Uh, and then it definitely went better. But I feel like that's always how it is when I outline, you know, like a whole book or whatever. Because I'm always like, oh, I always have a better idea, you know, once I start writing. Because that's, I feel like I'm more of a discovery writer, you know. So, but I'm going to try that for actual books now. I think that's what's been stopping me for a few recently was, I had outlined and then, you know, I was having trouble getting to certain yeah. things. I just uh, find the, the act of outlining boring, um, you know, I, and that's just me. I know it works for a lot of people and that's, that's totally cool. But I, you know, I start like, oh, outlining and I'm like three, five, seven chapters in. And I was like, this isn't writing. This is, I'm, I'm bored. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, so eh, it's, you, you, you know, everyone's got their own thing, right? yeah yeah but i think that makes total sense that's why i keep podcasting every time i'm like oh, i'm just gonna finish up this third season and then take a break and then somebody will say something like the last i think it's like the last six people i've interviewed i'm just like holy crap i'm like if i had not i keep talking to my kids about uh my three social studies class about cultural diffusion and i'm just like living it every time i interview you know so something that you say that seems really small all of a sudden you know helps me finish a book you know what i mean which is kind of why I keep listening to podcasts and why I keep doing podcasts. Um, but I feel like that's what, you know, what people do really well in an industry, you know, is they talk to people and figure out what works for them. So I think that makes total sense, but I'm going to try that actually um, the next couple of weeks, because I got a lot to finish up. So I think that's what stopped me with my current novellas. I'm trying to figure out where, 
I had switched some things. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, with the outline and I keep getting stopped. And I really wanted to contact Sarah and be like, I don't care when you're free. Like, I'll just give you all three, you know, and just tell me when, you know, you're available. I just think for some reason, I just feel like she'll do a really good job with the character because um, she's awesome. But I just really feel like, you know, reading her stuff, you know, and how many people I've talked to, you know, um, you know, who've worked with her. I'm just like, I just want her. I don't even care if it's this year, honestly. I'll just, re you know, that's the thing. Nice thing about indie, right? Rearrange stuff. But I think that'll help me finish that second one as I, I think that's, I'm just doing too far in advance and, you know, don't know what's going on. So I think I have to get in that character's headspace. So I think that makes total sense. But So you mentioned, you know, like, you know, in terms of coming back to a series. Now, I got to ask you this. So, um, so I thought it was such an interesting move on your part. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to you, you know, you and Clayton, um, you know, together, you and Anna at some point too. I think they're just different things come up with co-authors, but how how did you come up with that decision? You know, that a war to end all was just so hard, you know, to yeah, finish yeah. on your own, you know, like, yeah. so I just wanted to give people, you know, a little bit of a, you know, headway, you know, so you and, you know, Clayton Snyder have Nariska Grounds, you know, you, which you guys, you know, co-authored. Um, I know you guys are working on some other stuff too, but uh, so did you just find that it was easier with somebody else or I just yeah, want to know so how you made that decision? It it started with a Norilska. Um, so Norilska, I had a magic system sort of sketched out. I had the basics of a plot sketched out. I had base most of a story, not much character work done. Um, but I had the, the magic system really nailed and I was like, all right, this is fucking cool. Um, but I was in the middle of writing one or two other books at the time mm -hmm. and kind of jokingly thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could find somebody to write half this fucking book for me so that I can, you know, doesn't pull me away from the other stuff too much. Um, I had just read Clayton's obsidian Psalm, uh, really because, uh, you know, it, I was became aware of it right around, you know, the time the Obsidian Path stuff was coming out and was just like, oh, similar name, going to take a look. Uh, it was utterly insane, which I liked, uh, which I, I thought, you know, made Clayton sort of like the perfect choice for, you know, oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, the, man, the last Manifest Delusions book, I it it's tied up in a lot of um, sort of uh, messed up emotions for me. A lot of it is um, the series felt like failure um the first book was published by harper voyager and diluted as all hell at the time i thought oh shit i'm you know i'm a published author with a major publisher yeah. like this is it i'm this is my break i'm i'm in i'm i'm going to be a you know like famous fantasy author uh and then they passed on the sequel uh because low sales and that i'd already written the sequel at that point uh the mirror's truth and that really just felt like such a crushing failure. Um, I couldn't write the third book. Like every time I sat down to try, it was just yeah. like, ah, you know, why fucking bother? Which is stupid because Beyond Redemption's still selling. The Mirror's Truth has sold really well, won a bunch of awards and shit. But I still was relating that series to failure. Um it came time where I was like, you know what, I, you know, I can't pull a, uh, I got to finish this. And yeah. enough people have invested in the first two books. And you're like, I'm getting daily messages at this point, like, oh, hey, is the third book going to come out? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was, you know, I thought about Norilska Groans and how, how, how good it was working with Clayton, how easily we worked together um and you know if manifest delusions is anything it's crazy um and so once again i was like damn it he's actually he'd be perfect for this yeah, yeah. But, you know i messaged him and uh you know much like with Norilska, i said uh dude i have a really terrible idea uh, <laughs> and, and like before i had said anything else he's like oh fuck it i'm in <laughs> like he, he didn't even care what it was he's just like yeah yeah i'm in um but he's so like that family guy me yeah where he's like you son of a gun, I'm in <laughs> yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah. And um, because I basically I knew that if if I was going to sit, if I had to sit down and write this thing by myself, it was never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I had sort of given up on writing it um, until I started thinking about getting Clayton to, uh, to write half of it, to take half the characters. Uh, and, uh, you know, it worked. It was 
beautiful. Like it, you know, I think within what, three or four months we had a first draft. Oh, um, yeah. I just thought it was so funny. I was, I, when you guys had, you know, put up the, the cover and everything and uh, whatever status you had for that, that, you know, you kind of explained a little bit. I had somebody that was like, can you do that? And I'm like, I don't, doesn't matter. It's India. Like you do whatever the hell you want. And that, but it was just so interesting, you know, and I, I don't know. Like I, I, we were all just like, I felt like a couple of people when they asked me, we talked about it. I was like, I don't know. I didn't think of that. You know, I'm like, that makes perfect sense to me, you know, particularly, you know, with, I remember the one stats you had like your reasoning and I don't know. I feel like it opened up like a whole new world for people in the industry to be like, if I'm having trouble, I can just go, you know, and find somebody, you know, and I'm like, dang, that's genius. But I think, I just think it was a smart move on your part, you know, and I've actually shelved a couple of things uh, myself to be like, you know what, I probably need a co-author for these at some point, you know? Um, and once I get some stuff out there, you know, I think it's kind of hard, you know, when you're new, because uh, you don't even know your own style, you know, versus things like that. But yeah, it was funny too talking about you guys together because um, when you guys had talked, to, you know, about working together the first time, I had had people they're like, "Oh man, that's like peanut butter and jelly. Like that's gonna work really well." And I was like, <laughs> "Damn straight." So um, that was really cool. Um, and Clayton and I had talked about that in our last interview too um, earlier this season, um, just about like the process a little bit um and stuff like that and i think he said that he had a secret project so it's kind of cool to you know a couple, i think it was like after him and i had enough time to you know when we i think i had to reschedule a couple of times because of my son and stuff uh, my wife broke her foot twice this summer so it's been crazy um but it was so funny that you know then you guys had that i was like oh that makes sense it's like if you go back to the first couple episodes of this season you'll actually hear him talking about it but i think that was just smart on your part instead of i think a lot of people would just try to you know trudge through on their own and I think that that would waste a lot of time and you get frustrated. Right. And then you'd say to yourself, see, I was right. And then you wouldn't write it for who knows how long. Oh, yeah. you know? I have in various documents, I think over a hundred thousand words of false starts wow. on that novel. And just every time I took a grind to a halt and I hated it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really had just given up on it. Yeah. You know, you know, like those little mazes, you know, that you do. I, I just want to talk about that because you make such a good point with the false starts too. I just want to talk about for newer people because I have a lot of newer authors who have come in and been messaging me and watching and stuff. So, you know, you're a long time veteran. So I just think it's interesting. You know, I just want to point out, like I do it all the time where I'll have a false start and I'll, I'll save them because you never know if I have a particular idea, you know, that I can change. Maybe it's a different story or maybe I take it, you know, characters or change magic, whatever, you know, places. I had a whole thing that I was working on recently and I changed the entire setting because my friends like you just love desert settings so much because of what you grew up on. I'm like, yeah, because it's cool, you know, um, but he's like, I don't think this is a desert setting book. And <laughs> once I moved it, I moved it actually to like a, I'd say like Eastern European setting um, in like 17th century. And all of a sudden everything fell into place. So I can't wait to, you know, get going. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, talk about false starts. I mean, I think that some people think a false start is bad thing or it means a book's not you know that you couldn't write that book but i just want to point out that you know i think that's sometimes you just got to get those false starts out of there you know kind of like that maze right so then figure out the route that you can go otherwise you'll never get anything written or you know you might have a particular story that really needs to be told or people are really going to like and i think sometimes people think false starts are it's failure or whatever but it's words and you learn from the process. So I think yeah. that that's and just smart on your part. So writing is a little bit like reading. You know, you sometimes you pick up a book and you're reading it and you're like, eh, I don't like it. You set it aside. Yep. Years later, you go, fuck, did I read that? I don't think I did. You pick <laughs> it up again. And you're like, this is amazing. Yep. You know, it happens with books too. Uh, Blackstone Heart. Um, I tried to write that in the 90s. Uh, I got maybe 40, 50,000 words into a novel, uh, into that. And, you know, at the time I was much younger. Uh, and it was just like, Jesus, writing is hard work. Like, <laughs> this is bullshit. And I didn't know how to, you know, there was no self-publishing in, what was that, 94 or something like that. Oh, yeah. um, and, I, you know, it was too much work to finish the novel. So I set it aside. But it, that story was, you know, like decades later, I was like, I think I can write that story now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I went back, I reread everything that I'd written and it was like, no, this really is bad. It's really <laughs> awful. 
Uh, so none of it, you know, got used, but um, it sort of refreshed the ideas and the story in the world. And, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and like you, I've got a, I've got a folder full of uh, unfinished novels um, where I'm like, there's some really cool ideas in there. And someday maybe I'll go back to some of them. I don't know. The ideas are, you know, the idea is the easy part. Writing the mm -hmm. book is the, is the hard part. No, totally. I it's so funny they said that I've been taking stuff on my old laptop from like Scrivener and oh my god, uh, I forget what the other one I used Shakespeare or something like that. And I found I was so I was taking everything and you know uploading it because I was like oh, I'll just upload all these old folders and you never know on um, these false starts. And I found one and I was like I was in a writing group, um, and I was like uh, it was like for school too. Like I was with like other educators that were authors and different stuff. And I was writing this dark fantasy and I was just like, Oh my God, this is like so awful. Um, But, and clearly, I mean, I think it was like eight years ago, you know, but when I went back to the idea, I was like, Nope, having, I wanted to take like an adventuring party who had been together, you know, for like two decades basically, and who have always been relied upon. And then I wanted to, instead of taking them at the start, I want to take them at the end of their career, you know, when their knees hurt and when they have all these enemies, you know what I mean? And just all this stuff, the, the kingdom's falling down around them. And I wanted to see what would happen if, you know, you put them up against like the dark brotherhood essentially, and just whooping their butts, you know, like I, I wanted to see character, you know, character wise, what would happen. And I went the other day and I was like, you know what? I was like, that actually does sound really cool still, but um, you know, at some point I'll, I'll go back and, you know, and do whatever, but I just have people, they're like, yeah, I, I just deleted it. I just did this. And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm like, why would you do that? I, I don't know. I, I keep everything. I have stuff from college I, that I wrote. <laughs> That's I, horrible, I, but I, I never it. delete anything. I've got, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. From, uh, early, early nineties, early attempts at novels and stuff, you know, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. sort of wanted to write, but was too fucking lazy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, I do have to go back to our first interview where you had said to me, um you know i was like i think i asked you if you like wrote ideas down to come back to later and you're like no i don't do that you're like if yeah. i forget it then it wasn't worth writing um, i thought it was so funny because i used to do it all the time and even after our interview i did it for a while and every once in a while maybe i have like a title or a character um like somebody said something the other day on like a video game i think or movie and i was like god that would be really cool like it was like a moon singer and i was like what would a moon singer do you know what would a moon singer be like and I just kind of wrote that down um, and I've been playing with like the class or whatever, you know, or whatever. Um, maybe at some point I have a cool character that does something like that. But um, I just don't do it like I used to, because I think you're so right is I had so many things. I have like eight ideas that just will not leave me alone. And those are the eight novels, you know, that I've been working on for a while. Um, and then like a couple novellas with them. But yeah, yeah. so I just, I, just, I just wanted to, you to know that you were definitely right. So at least for me. <laughs> Um, other people that might work for them but yeah like yeah. me like I'll just think constantly over the last three years about the you know the, the eight ideas that I pretty much had and just yeah. kind of keep going from there yeah, so it's kind of I combine it with being incredibly forgetful uh, <laughs> what that means is a, a an idea a story idea has to be really intensely good for me yeah. to remember it because yeah, yeah. I forget everything that dad you know, brain, so if, I, if I remember it a week later it's like okay shit this one's actually still with me and then you know, some of them, sometimes it's months or years later. Yeah. 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 No, I, I totally agree with you there. I think that makes total sense. But um, do you mind just talking a little bit about, you know, your upcoming novella, you know, with Anna Smith Spark? I just think that it just looks awesome. And I'm an instant fanboy, like right off the bat. The cover <laughs> looked amazing. I love the title. The blurb sounded awesome. I don't even think I got to the blurb. I was just like, yep, done. <laughs> I was like, Mike and Anna, I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I was just curious. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think back in like late 2017, early 2018, uh, Adrian from Grimdark Magazine approached Anna and I, uh, and asked us about doing a. Originally, the first idea was we were going to do serial fiction. Oh, that's uh, cool. And he was sort of going to publish it, uh, I think, on their site, kind of thing, like one episode every couple of weeks, kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Um we were really bad at scheduling stuff uh, because obviously we're both writing other stuff at the same time. And yeah. so we, we were pretty much incapable of hitting any deadlines or turning stuff in on time, like at all. Uh, and then COVID landed and everybody's lives sort of like fell apart. 
dealing with that and work life shit, you know. Um, but we sort of kept plugging away at it. Um, and then I think earlier this year, early, earlier 2023, we actually sort of had a readable draft. Um, so we, you know, we polished it, uh, went off to Sarah for editing. Uh, there was some like minor rewrite stuff, but, um, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a full on grimdark novella. Uh, Anna is a monster. She's, she's a, just an insanely talented writer. Um, yeah. you know, so I trying to try to, <laughs> trying to be in the same book is like, ah, uh, dude, like don't fuck this up. <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of pressure to, uh, to sort of, uh, I can't match her prose, but at least not appear too horrendously amateurish beside her, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's we sort of uh, this I, I think hopefully like really cool story came together, radically different characters. Um, you know she's writing a couple, I'm writing a couple. Um, you know it kind of clicked fairly well. Um, whereas like with Clayton and I, we were in constant communication. Um, you know planning next couple of chapters and doing doing all that with with Anna and I, it was chaos we kind of had no idea what the other person was doing. Mm. Uh, sometimes we'd talk out ideas. Um, I rarely would take notes. And by the time the, you know, the video chat had ended, I'd forgotten most of what we talked about anyway. <laughs> um, and so it, it was chaos. I am stunned it turned out. Yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> I actually, uh, I think that, I think you guys are the most popular topic that I've talked to people about recently um, with like new releases and stuff like that. Um, people are like, did you see this? I was like, I had no idea that that was a thing. I just thought it was super, super cool. Um, and of course, you know, with Adrian and, you know, Grimdark uh, you know, magazine being in there, I just think that that was like the perfect, like perfect storm, if you will, for people just to be, you know, like captivated. But, uh, and then Felix did the cover, right? Uh well, I'm I'm sure. It looks like Felix's style, but I've got the sneaking suspicion it's not him. I I, I can't remember. I forget because he shared it the other day. But anyways, I don't know. I just it definitely looks like a style. I forget who did it, but um, I know somebody. He, Adrian just tagged somebody. I'm just having trouble with the holidays and being a dad right now. I just drove back yesterday from Michigan, so I was just like, I got like nothing today up in the the brain tank. But uh, I just thought it was so cool. My wife, she like saw it over my shoulder when I was at dinner the other day. So I just keep going back to it. And I was talking to people about it. I was sending it to people. Um, two of my friends, I think, are just going to like be super into it. Like that's just like the three of us. Like that's like our thing. Um, yeah. So I can't wait for, you know, at some point, you know, for you guys to have, you know, um, hardcover, print copies, whatever. Because uh, I think both of them would just love them. But yeah, I was like, so I was doing it. She was Oh my God. She's like another, <laughs> another piece of art that you're going to have to, you know, I was like, I just look at that cover and the title and I'm just like, it just gives me so many ideas, you know? And, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and the cover you know, is a, it's a scene from later in the book. I uh, mean, three of the characters um, and the title. Uh, Cause we had no idea what we were calling it. It was just hmm. the GDM serial fiction for a long oh, time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, in the shadow of the dying is actually just one of the lines that Anna dropped in there, uh, in passing. And it was like, Oh fuck, that is a good line. Yeah. yeah, Just, it clicked and it stuck. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I, I I looked at it and then, I mean, I did read the blurb after that, but I was was like looking for the pre-order right away. I was just like, I I put it in my calendar to, you know, to keep checking and stuff. That's where I, I think I was like 30 seconds later, I messaged you <laughs> or commented. I was like, I needs it. I wants it. Like I must have my precious. Um, but yeah, the, my wife, she's like, oh my God, she goes, that is really cool. I was like, this is literally like the type of book that just makes me want to write, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm like really excited and just reading the blurb. I'm like, oh, this is like totally my thing. Um, and, you know, it's funny because like, you know, certain books, you're just like, I feel like if you've read enough, you know, like there's just certain books you just know, like, even if, you know, I don't know, I just think certain books you just know, right? It's like wine or beer. You just know it's your flavor, if that makes sense. And I just know that that's going to be one of mine. So I'm like really excited yeah. for that one. Yeah. But yeah, And it's, uh, cool. it's, I mean, it's Anna, right? So, you know, it's going to be insane. She's got a, a, she wrote this 
demon character uh so mm. demonic point of view character uh and it's utter madness so <laughs> so good oh, that's uh, really cool. yeah it, it was it's a lot of fun because it's this um you know hopefully there's there's this sort of like strange humor in there you know you've got the third best assassin you know trying to <laughs> kill the king while trapped in a city under siege and there's this demon rampaging the streets uh you know it's just it's it's chaos no that's just awesome <laughs> that's super cool i i just thought it was interesting you know because i was thinking i was like oh like you know like you and clayton to me like i had somebody mention like oh yeah clayton and mike you know I'm like, yep. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And I had somebody else be like, Anna and Mike. I was like, oh man. I was like, I'm just. I was just so happy to see that because, to me, it just added, um, kind of a good way, good way to put it. I, I was, I'm really interested to see how you two work together after you know you and Clayton. So, um, and like someone else mentioned that to me too. They're like, oh man, I'm like really excited. I'm like, yeah. It's like I, you know, and I think from the outside perspective, you know, seeing both of your guys, the stuff like you and Anna's, you know, separately, I think people were just like myself we're just really excited to you know to see what the two of you put together so that was probably like my best surprise <laughs> like um you know in terms of the book community like in terms of like 2023 people ask me like most anticipated for 2024 i was like oh that's definitely my my pick right there i didn't even have to come up with a youtube list or you know or anything but yeah that's like super cool um and then yeah that, i just think that's really neat i just i just find it interesting you know like um i just talked to uh uh, author recently and I think it was MT Zimney and I were talking and just about like novellas and stuff and I'm like I love novellas I eat novellas up and um, Anthony Ryan I don't know if you've read his pilgrimage of swords or anything like that like those right. novellas oh my god man like I, I love them and I cannot stand that I found them before he's done with the last one because uh, I like will get the new one I'll just eat it up so I love novellas but I definitely have seen novellas recently I feel like are back on the rise so I just think that, you know, you guys taking the serialized stories and then doing that, I think it just makes total sense because I just feel like I've I've seen more and more recently. Um, I know I've been buying them, especially for Kindle with my kid. It just it just helps me out, you know, in between the bigger reads and, you know, things like that it helps me feel like I'm accomplished. But I people have had just like amazing stories. I feel like a lot of times novellas now are almost the same thing like you guys are doing, like, you know, their own serialized thing, um, you know, because sometimes novellas I'm like, oh, do I have to read? you know, in the name of the wind to then read Patrick's novellas, you know, I feel like I do, you know, at least the ones I've read. Um, whereas I just want like an old, my own serialized story, you know, of your characters of world or, you know, a concept or or something or adventures. I like those old Sinbad like stories, you know, and I just yeah. think that, I don't know, that just to me just sounds super cool. I'm working on my own thing, that, that kind of like you guys. And I was like, oh, I, I love to read this. I was like, I think it'd be really fun, you know, to write and um, I think that's where it's, you know, more my thing, but I think it's really cool. So I'm really, really looking forward to that one. But, uh, and then, you know, just in terms of, you know, um, you know, kind of like wrapping up on time here. Um, I just was curious, you know, in terms of, you know, it's been two years, you know, since we interviewed, I'm curious, like, kind of like, what was like your favorite moment within like the last year? Like, could you pick one in particular? Was there a moment where you're just like, damn, that was really cool. Like, you know, I was just curious that kind of like, what was the thing that you were like, oh, that was neat. Uh, you know, I, I'm so you got a just lot of them. wrapped up in, in writing. Um, and I'm not really, uh, I'm, I'm not really sort of stepping outside of myself to look at it. Um, sure. I, 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 my favorite moment uh, in 2023, the one that I keep thinking about, which is hilarious. I, it's book related, but it's not sort of specific book. Mm. Um, I overheard my daughter describe me as a famous-ish author. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it was so funny. Just like, fair, wait till the middle right. grade comes out, you know, and then Rick Rordian status, hopefully, you know, like right off the bat. So, and then she'll have to change that. And then you can, you can put that on the book cover, you know, like a quote from her. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I was just, I just, just found it interesting. Funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. I just was curious. Cause I feel like there were so many times where, you know, I talked to somebody they're like, Oh, that's really cool. That Mike did that. Or, you know, that, that happened. I was like, I know. I was like, I feel like, I feel like 2023 was like the year of Mike personally. I was like, every time I turned around, you had something really cool. You know, first I saw you and Clayton, 
you know, the war to end all. And then, you know, you had sin and sorrow. And then, you know, this happened, you know, with Anna, I was just like, man, been a good year for Mike. It looks like. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good year. Um, you know, it's, there's all this stuff going on in the background that no one else sees. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so like people are like, Oh my God, you've got so many books coming out in fairly rapid succession. You must be like, you know, you're just cranking stuff out. It's like, eh, not really. Um, you know, like some of the stuff that's like, uh, storm beneath the world which is coming out in mm. april yeah, uh, i wrote that two years ago uh and then you know went through editing and went to my agent he shopped it for a year and a half um wasn't able to sell it and so now it's sort of lined up for self-publishing but because of you know the timing on you know we ran into trouble with uh an artist uh yeah. turning in a bunch of ai junk um like oh, yeah. things got delayed and then all of a sudden I had four books, you know, written, edited, covers done, ready to go. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. Now I've got to like schedule releases for these. Yeah. Um, yeah. I figured one every like four months was probably fast enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it, still you know, a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it looks like, you know, like all of a sudden I've just cranked out four books in no time, but you know, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but speaking of that book, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, you know, I, I told a couple of people, you know, I was going to be reading uh, reading and reviewing that one for you. But um, I just want to make sure, you know, before we get done, you know, that that people have that on their radar. Um, I love the 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 cover with like the insect and everything. It just looks awesome. But can you tell us a little bit about that one and then kind of how that came about? Yeah, so that's that, that was a couple ideas sort of clicking together. Um, I wanted to write a non-human fantasy. So there's... Yeah. There's no people in the book, no humans. That's cool. Uh, the characters are all large warrior praying mantis types. They fly huge monsters, you know, in, in combat. Um, and so that was sort of like the character background. I wanted to, I wanted a hive society, uh, but really as a way of looking at um, tribes, uh, you know, human tribal behavior, of course, because yes. you know, it's not actually insects. Um and then I had this magic system tinkering, tinkering around in the back of my head based on um, uh, endocannabinoids, um, you, uh, you know, sort of a naturally induced euphoria. Mm. Um, so like I get it. If I do, if I do a pile of cardio, I get high. Um, yeah. My body just cranks this shit out. It dumps it in my brain. Uh, if I do something I'm really enjoying, like uh, I have moments writing books where I'm basically just high as fuck um, and not on any drugs or booze or anything at the time. I just really like it. Makes me really, really happy. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about that as a magic system um, cool. where these, these sort of insects, uh, they, they each have a talent um and the more they use the talent the better they get at it the more powerful it becomes um but they also get this insane rush of euphoria every time they they use their talent and it that euphoria grows as well and so you've got this sort of like built-in uh end date where you're basically a junkie um you're using your talent over and over and over again just to get that rush um, and you're no longer sort of capable of taking care of yourself. And, you know, they eventually they starve to death uh, mm. because they're just lost in this loop of using their talent over and over mm. again. Um, so this sort of a magic system based on what writing books feels like to me. Um, oh. And it just all kind of clicked together. Um, yeah. So I will see what people think, but uh that was the other part. I wanted to write something um, atypical. And so the book takes place on a mega gas giant world in the upper atmosphere. Uh, these insects live on the backs of huge floating balloon creatures mm. uh, and sort of they've evolved this symbiosis. Um, so it's all, you know, just typical fantasy fair. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Well, when when uh you had I was like it was like what a couple of days ago you were asking about people like to read a review and um who was interested I was just like I saw the cover and I think I got like a sentence or 
to end the learn. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to give myself too much credit. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, it just sounds really cool. I was like, I just want to see how you did insect people in particular. I think non, you know, non-human fantasy is like really cool. Um, GD Penman does a really cool one with like his strata series um, with like you know, rats and mice and just different things. Um, I love cat folk. Like I been writing this one book with this amazing like panther guy for a while and I just always like to see how other people you know kind of do things and just mm -hmm. get ideas and I was like oh that'd be really cool I was like it sounds awesome I was like but it also is like kind of like writing research to you know kind of see you know what I like and don't like you know for my own yeah. you know it's a lot of fun I mean so they're eight-limbed creatures oh, uh, it's even cooler and so I'm like that's going to change their brain structure. Yeah. Uh, so they've got these bifurcated brains where they can, two halves of the brain can be doing different things at the same time. Um, cool. So, you know, when they fight, like half of their brain is dealing with one half of their body, the other half's controlling the other half. And you get these sort of insane battles where they're simultaneously loosing arrows at uh, distant targets while spear fighting with someone who's right there. Oh, and they're cool. just totally fine with that. Totally comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they've got uh, like two different sets of eyes and all these sort of secondary eyes for watching for predators and stuff and trying to write all of that, but do it seamlessly. So it's not like you're not, you're never info dumping that crap because that's boring. Yeah, know, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh, super cool. That's cool. It's like that. What's the guy's name from Mortal Kombat with the four arms? You know, like I always. And like John Carter of Mars too, like, you know, the aliens have, you know, like multiple limbs and stuff. And I liked how, uh, you know, Edgar Rose Burroughs like does that. But that to me, like always like made me think like, oh, that'd be really cool. Um, so we got a couple of aliens on my sci-fi, you know, they have, you know, just, just different things. And yeah, you're right. It is, it's really fun when you're like, how would they do that? You know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's I feel like it's just different. People ask me because they're like, you have so many, I have like giant warrior pandas. I have giant everybody you know gorilla people like whatever my friend he goes you'll take any animal and make them like humanoid i go it's just so much more fun you know to think of um my fantasy world is like anything could be like humanoid i was like then you get like different cultures you know that think then it naturally adds to different conflicts right like yeah. and i always think about like how native americans like thought of like you know oh yeah you can use the land no problem and then settlers thought they bought it and they're like what do you mean like that's not a thing that we really do you know and it was just that you know mistranslation I was thinking like how cool would that be for you know your book like you know and I don't know just like then interacting them with you know humans I just think that you'd get so much conflict out of it, you know because you have different cultures and yeah I just think it adds like you yeah, said different like worldviews yeah, yeah yeah it just makes it fun yeah. yeah I've got a story coming out in January in Grimdark Magazine uh, which is a it's called The Last War Dog um, and so it's just sort of um sorcerously altered dog character um cool. it's all his point of view but um that was that was a blast to write just going okay like how does how does a dog think now it's smarter <laughs> but it's he's still a dog yeah uh, yeah so i'm really looking forward to see uh see how people uh like that one. Oh, that's cool i'll have to definitely check that out that sounds awesome that's really neat um yeah and i'm looking forward to reading that one like i said i got you like my second read and review for for 2024 so i like bumped it up there <laughs> once i read the full blurb after i went back you're like yeah here i'll send it to you so i went in i was like i should probably read the whole blurb first and then I, as i got going i was like yeah it's definitely my thing so i bumped everything up so that's why i haven't put out the list yet because i didn't want anybody to get offended <laughs> or anything um but yeah i'm pretty excited to have andy peliquin and then you um, like right off the bat, so I'm hoping that kind of jumpstarts me for for twenty twenty four. I have a lot of writing to get done and finish. My wife and I have been talking about schedules and things, and I was kind of looking at the paper and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> I was like this is gonna be kind of a big one." But I feel like I have to read now. Like uh, before, it was I feel like I was at a spot where I think writing was getting in the way of reading, and vice versa. But now I'm at that point where it's like I just, I'm doing it to take a break. So I'm not watching TV really or anything. Um, so it's I feel like it's been a lot different, but. I feel like now if I don't write in a day, I'm just like, oh, that was like a waste of a day or, <laughs> you know, even if it's like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting reading and writing in for 2024. That's been like my main goal. But 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. I keep forgetting about Grimdark Magazine. I haven't gone on there in a little bit, so I'm gonna have to go back and um, start reading again for the, I have all these other magazines too that I was subscribed to for a while because people like you had really cool stuff. Um, I feel like the, the you know, uh, Warhammer too, like you guys got really cool stuff like you and Rob and some other people I know. Um, so I'm always trying to, to get back to that. I feel like there's just not enough time in the day to read and right. write everything that I want to do. Even if I didn't, even too if many, I just did it full time. Some stories like, out there to keep up on top of. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's totally true. Cool. Well, um, we're going to be wrapping up, but I just want to, you know, give you some time to, you know, we talked about quite a few things. You know, like I said, you had out the last couple of years, a lot of things you have upcoming, but is there anything else you know, you can tell us about, you know, any projects or anything like that? Um, you know, anything else you, know, you have going on? I think we've uh, talked about pretty much everything. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything because that was a lot, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I, I think we, we hit all the important shit. Okay, and, cool. You know, um yeah but i'm looking forward to like i said you know, i'm looking forward to you know you and your you know daughter charlotte's middle grade i just i just always i always call it, kind of consider this like my video journal diary if you will but uh it's so cool to see people like you know tatiana obey she talked about sister samurai on here just as an idea you know and then that became a thing and i read that book that novella was awesome i can't wait i hope she, she sounds like she's doing more so i'm like really excited um, magic system was just cool. I love the characters. Uh, and then um, uh, uh, H.M. Long came on here and just talked about like maybe doing something like Daughter of Dark Water. Then that became a thing. So to me, it's just cool, you know, to kind of see. So I'm like really anxious to see, you know, um, I'm really anxious to read your middle grade. First of all, I just want to see how, um, you know, your brain works, you know, doing that. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. I, I think it'll be really cool. You always have really cool ideas, so I'm really interested to see how you know you're doing in middle grade. Um, but yeah, I'm you know really looking forward to seeing what you have in 2024. You know, I feel like you have a lot of stuff that you know has come out and is coming out. So I do think people would you know list you as prolific, Mike, even if you don't want to say it yourself. You know, I think you know you work on things for a while, but still, you know, I feel like ever since I started listening to this podcast, I feel like you know you've had quite a bit you know come out and happen you know since then and you know, even like, you know, you have four things. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, four things is a lot. Like I talked about releasing three novellas. They're like, wow, that's a lot. I'm like, well, same thing. You know, I've been working on them for a couple of years and stuff, but it's funny when people never see the behind the scenes sort of things, the hours spending, you know, in front of the computer or trying to run, right. And, you know, get the endorphins going to try and finish things. But it's always fun for us to see, you know, the, the after effects. I feel like I like the director's cut though which I feel like these kind of interviews are always a little bit, uh, you know, that kind of thing, but it's cool, but cool, Mike. Well, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time. Like I said, I'd love to have you and Clayton or, you know, you and Anna on at some point just to, I've been trying to get you and Clayton on for a while. Um, You know, my son was born, so it's just kind of crazy, but I can't wait to kind of, you know, pick your guys' brain. I kind of, you know, did each of you, you know, in terms of halves for, you know, episodes and stuff like that, but I would love to, you know, ask you guys a couple of yeah. things. Um, Anytime. I'm sure uh, into the new year, uh, once Clayton's schedule frees up a bit, uh, we'll yeah, get yeah. something in there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I know that feeling. I my, my schedule just started to free up again since my wife's foot healed. So she's like, do you want to like interview Mike tomorrow? I'm like, I would love to interview Mike at some point. So that's where I messaged you last night. I was like, cool. Like I got some dad free time today. So <laughs> that worked out perfectly. But yeah, like I said, if you have anything else, you know, that you want to, talk about or you know come and shoot you know talk about you know new books or ideas or whatever at any point just let me know and i'll get you on there's always a spot here for you and i always have fun talking to you so i look forward to the next chat yeah sounds good all right buddy you have a good rest of the day and i will talk to you later all right you too thanks for having me on yeah for sure bye